welcome once again, everybody, to the 11th episode of the Stick and Puck Podcast. I'm joined, as always, by Jack. Jack, say what's up to the people. What's up to the people? And Jack, I bet you're a little bit happy today. Your uh, Boston Bruins took home a dub against the Ottawa Senators. We did. First time in three attempts we've beaten the Ottawa Senators this year, which is interesting, but that's kind of how it goes sometimes. Yeah, I forgot. I forgot you guys like lost them like seven to like what was it like seven to five like earlier in the season or something yeah, crazy yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah, we had a seven to five loss, and then we had a shootout loss. Yeah, I mean, it's not good losing to the Senators, bro. The Senators aren't. It that isn't. Good. It's it's not as bad as losing to the Chicago Blackhawks, which is what Toronto did. Yeah, I guess. And uh, I guess speaking of Toronto, they made a pretty big uh, deadline trade. Uh, for Ryan O'Reilly, do you want to give your opinions on that? So I'm going to start by saying that when I first heard about this trade, I saw a tweet from the Minnesota Wild. Now, the Minnesota Wild were the third team that just took some of the cap hit. And I just see a tweet that says, Minnesota Wild received fourth round pick. And I'm like, this is interesting. So I click into it and it's like, the St. Louis Blues trade Ryan O'Reilly to the Minnesota <laughs> Wild. And then the Minnesota, and, and I'm like, wait, O'Reilly to Minnesota, what? And then it's just like, they, well, they just sent him to Toronto, but took more of the cap it off. But, and that's how I heard about that trade. But I I like the move for Toronto. It's a good sort of veteran presence. You With playoff success, won a Smythe trophy, won the Stanley Cup mm-hmm. with St. Louis in 2019. Mm-hmm. I like the move for Toronto. I, I think it'll be good for them, but... I just don't know if it's enough to get over the hump. Yeah, I mean, you made some good – I mean, I don't know how many times that um, we've seen this from Toronto um, where they bring in that one piece that you think is going to, you know, add that veteran talent, that <laughs> cup experience like they did with Jake Muzzin a couple seasons ago. Um, but to me, it's just – even the Toronto media and the American media are like, oh, yeah, this is definitely enough to get Toronto. I'm just like, I just think like, okay, cool. Like, you're a you're a second-round exit now. Like, you're not a first – you might not be a first-round exit. I just – it's just the, the Maple Leafs have to go through a gauntlet. They have to play the – they have to play the Lightning. They have to play the Bruins. It's just it's just going to be hard for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I get it. I just feel like Ryan O'Reilly is a – bit of a step up from Jake Muzzin in terms of a deadline acquisition. I mean, yeah, he definitely is. I mean, he brings in a better like offensive presence, but it's just like another, it's just another one of those just moves that you kind of make just as like, I mean, it's a calculated risk. It's a risk. It's a, it's a risk that makes sense there. You're not giving up. You're not giving up that much to get him. I think it was a couple prospects and a couple draft picks. It was no prospects, and, just picks. Okay. Okay. So, all right. And so, so you just give up a couple picks for him and you bring him on, but I just, like, he's an undrafted, he's a, he's an unrestricted free agent at the end of the season. So I just, like, if he's just a playoff rental, I, I don't like the move that much. But if you think you can sign him for like a season or two after the season's over, then it might be a good pickup. I just don't know if they have the room to sign O'Reilly after this year. Yeah. 
depending on how much the cap increases. Yeah, I mean, it's just all around. Like, if if he's a big if he's a big presence in what ends up being a Toronto, you know, cup appearance or a cup win or an Eastern Conference Finals appearance, then it's a then it's then it's a win, I would say, for the for Ryan O'Reilly and the Maple Leafs. But it's that's just to be seen. Like I don't think you like you said earlier, they lost the Blackhawks last night. So it's just it's all about figuring it out. I saw an interesting stat from this was from Sportsnet. It was the records against the bottom five teams. So Tampa and Boston each played bottom bottom five in the NHL, bottom five teams nine times, and they both got 16 points out of a possible 18. Mm-hmm. The Leafs played 10 games, have played 10 games against those bottom five teams and are 4-4-2 four, four, and two and only have 10 points, which is Bettman 500, but in reality is below 500. Yeah, I mean, the Leafs are just – they're such a weird – they're such a weird team that way, and they just always play down to their competition. They always find a way to lose, like, excruciating ways to teams that they sh- that they shouldn't lose to. Mm-hmm. And I just don't know if Ryan O'Reilly takes them over that hump. I mean, I think he's going to provide more for that top six. I also think Ivan Barbashev, who's also included in this trade, is – Kind of absorb the bottom six as well. I mean, yeah. I just don't, I just don't know if Tavares, Marner, O'Reilly is that much of an improvement over Tavares, Marner, Neilander. Yeah, I mean, it's just, I mean, it's like I said, like I feel like the Leafs, like they're not short on talent. They just, they're just missing. I don't know what it is they're missing, but they, they never seem to get over that hump. And they have the pieces to do it. I felt like they had the pieces before O'Reilly, but, you know, you can still make that trade for O'Reilly. I don't hate it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I mean, in in the playoffs, one goal can make a difference. I mean, it was one goal that kept Toronto from beating Tampa. And if O'Reilly could get you that one goal in a game seven, then I definitely see why this move makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I guess, and he was definitely a key piece on that Blues team that won the that won the cup. So, I mean, maybe who knows? We'll we'll see what happens. Yeah, and I also just think Kyle Dubis needed to make a move to prove to Toronto fans that he sort of cared because if if the Leafs get knocked out in the first round again, Kyle Dubis is gone, Sheldon Keith is gone. Yeah, I. It seems like a. It definitely seems like a desperation move on Dubas's part. Like he knows that he knows that the writing's on the wall. If they don't make some headway in the playoffs this season, that his job could definitely be on the line. Yeah. So on Saturday was the Stadium Series game in Raleigh, North Carolina. Over fifty-seven thousand people filed into Carter Finley Stadium, home of the NC State Wolfpack to see the Carolina Hurricanes defeat Washington four goals to one. Mm-hmm. Your thoughts on the sort of, not only the game, but the overall atmosphere and experience. I mean, right now, uh, the Capitals sit 
on the same kind of projection and playing field as the Penguins do right now. They're just kind of really, really bad defensively and like can't really make it. Well, the Caps can't really make up for it offensively without Ovechkin and Ovechkin was obviously, obviously set out that game um, for family reasons. His father recently passed away and I just knew when they made that announcement that he wasn't going to be suiting up for the game, um, that the game was, essentially over like at the beginning of the season you thought maybe that would have been a great matchup to have um for a stadium series game the carolina hurricanes if i'm being honest don't have an actual rival like i don't think there's a rival that the hurricanes really have so i guess the capitals like geographically makes the most sense because i know a lot of i know a fair amount of people who were either willing to make the drive from blacksburg to uh NC State because it's not that far of a drive or and I know a fair amount of people who actually went to the game so regionally it makes sense to have the game there but I just thought that once again the game being on ESPN I don't really like ESPN's broadcasting crew um I thought the atmosphere looked great um I hope it opens I hope it opens the door for more um colleges to get um same series games like I'd love to see a Penguins Flyers game in Beaver Stadium. That would be that'd be so cool to have the Penguins and Flyers play at Penn State. Um, I think it would have been made more better. Like I know there was a student section, but if they made the tickets more accessible to students because the game was being hosted by NC State, so students should have been able to go to that game in massive amounts. End point. I think it worked. Um. I'd like to, I agree with you that I'd like to see more colleges host these games. I mean, and I'd like to see more of these games in the South as well. We had the season series at Bridgestone Arena. Apparently there have been talks about hosting an outdoor game in Florida. I don't know how that's going to work, but if the NHL can make it work and put it in Tampa, I'm sure people would go. Um, They had the Winter Classic in Dallas. I think that by putting these outdoor games in the warmer markets, that's really a good way to establish a presence in these markets because you're getting 50, 60, 70,000 people in the stands versus 20,000 for a regular game. I think that it's outdoor games as well, really good to sort of build an audience, an increased audience that'll go to these games eventually as well. Yeah, I mean, I think um, it just as far as outdoor games go, like, there wasn't a lot of intrigue for me because I thought that I thought the game was, wasn't going to be great and ended up not being great. Um, but I, I tuned, I tuned out at the end of the first period. Um, normally, I wouldn't do that. But I feel like I feel like just outdoor games have become really like overly oversaturated. Like there's so many outdoor games and like there wasn't that many outdoor games this year, but I just feel like we've had like two or three outdoor games uh, a season. It's kind of losing its novelty. It used to be fun with the winter classic and I would tune into every winter classic and I still tune into the winter classic, but same series games. I, I kind of just, I don't really tune in to same series games that much. 
And next year, we're going to have three outdoor games. We're going to have the Winter Classic, the Heritage Classic in – trying to remember where it is. It's, it's, oh, it's in Alberta. It's Battle of Alberta. So we're going to have the Winter Classic in Seattle, the game in Alberta, and then we're probably going to have a stadium series as well. Yeah. And I guess I guess the so one thing the, – that's... Sorry, just the connection is like it's on it's on my part, but I just like I just don't know. Here you can you can keep going. No, I didn't have anything else. Oh, um I just think like as far as like outdoor games go, like the spectacle of going to see it live. Like I went to a stadium series game when the Flyers played the Penguins in Philadelphia. And that was really fun, despite the fact that we lost. But I really liked, like, the atmosphere of going to see an outdoor game live. And I also think that outdoor games should only be held in football stadiums because it literally makes the most sense to hold them in football stadiums because they're they're the most they're, – they're the easiest way to watch it. So there isn't really a bad seat in the house when you go and see a – outdoor game in a football stadium. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. The Fenway probably had weird sight lines, I assume, with, first of all, the poles. Second of all, you have this massive baseball field versus the football field, which is a little smaller. So I can definitely see the, why you would want that. Yeah, I watched it. Yeah, I watched a YouTube video on, like, this guy who went to the Stadium Series game, and there was, like, he posted a bunch of videos of, like, all these sight lines. I was like, dude, half of these are horrible. I was like, half of these are, like, really bad. And I just couldn't even imagine, like, watching the game from, like, watching the game from, like, all the way back there and right field towards the short, short towards the short pole. I couldn't even imagine watching it there. Um, the Green Monster, I think, would be a decent place to watch it, yeah. but you're also, like, pretty far away. Yeah. Um, so Jacob Chikrin sat out for the Arizona Coyotes over the last week or so for trade-related reasons. Now, it's no secret that the Arizona Coyotes have been looking to move Chikrin, but this has kind of created a stir not playing him. I assume the reason is protection from injury. But I would have assumed trade talk would have heated up. I mean, it was widely rumored that he was headed to the Los Angeles Kings, but that move hasn't come to fruition yet. Yeah, I mean, I don't hate the decision from the Coyotes to sit him because you sort of you sort of need everything, like especially if you're in the Coyotes position, you kind of need everything you can possibly get from Chicken. I mean, he's your best piece and you need like you need top tier talent, you need prospects, you need picks that Chikrin's going to give you. And if he gets hurt, then all that leverage, that all that leverage is gone. So I completely agree with sitting him. I wouldn't imagine they sat, is Chikrin probably agreed to it or have we gotten it all from Chikrin's side on whether he's fine with being sat? Yeah. I mean, I just would have expected a deal to be made by now because it was, when this news originally broke, it was the Saturday the 12th, the night before the Super Bowl, where everyone is expecting, okay, the Kings are honoring Dustin Brown tonight, and they want to keep the focus on that, and tomorrow it'll be announced the chicken straight to the LA Kings. That hasn't happened. 
So I just sort of don't know where we go from here. I know Boston's been interested. I know that Toronto was interested. I don't know if they still are after the O'Reilly move. But, and then of course the LA Kings. I just don't know if there's, it's because this, this seems like a move of urgency, but there hasn't been any urgency from Arizona. Yeah, I definitely get that part. Like when when they announced or when I got that notification that Chikrin was being sat out for trade reasons, I thought he was going to be traded that night. I thought he was going to be traded that game or the day after. So as far as that goes, I, I think it's a little silly to sit him out for especially long term. Like if you're not going to get a deal done, like what, the trade deadline's in a couple weeks. So He's going to get like you're essentially I mean, you're retaining value because he's he's not going to get hurt if you sit him. But he's also going to be rusty. He's not going to be playing for a little week, a little bit if, you know, when you end up trading him to that team who picks him up. So, I mean, it's just for Arizona. I mean, it's just kind of a tough look. Mm -hmm. I definitely agree with that. And then. Gabrikov of the Columbus Blue Jackets also being signed out for trade reasons. I know Boston's been in on him. Toronto's been in on him as well. Again, don't know if Toronto still is after acquiring Ryan O'Reilly. Yeah, and I think it, this has to be like I've never heard of this before. Like this has to be like one of like the first instances of a player being sat for trade reasons, right? Like it, like I can't think of anything off the top of my dome. Like yeah, I haven't heard anything like this. Yeah. yeah. All right. So in the Eastern Conference, I want to talk about the Eastern Conference playoffs a little bit. So Boston, Toronto, Tampa in the Atlantic, Carolina, Devils, Rangers in the Met. Do we agree that those six teams are in at this point? Yeah, essentially. Okay. Barring a horrible collapse by somebody. Yeah. So then, yeah. So then the two wildcard spots are currently, as we said here held by the Florida Panthers and the Pittsburgh Penguins. Florida on 64 points, Pittsburgh on 63. Now the Islanders also have 63. Washington has 62. Buffalo has six. Buffalo and Detroit both have 60. Mm -hmm. I still think Buffalo and Detroit are in this race. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, so I think me personally with no bias whatsoever, I think the Penguins will probably snag one of the wild spots, whether it, one of the wild card spots, whether it be the first or the second. I just think there's there's no way on God's green fucking earth that the Penguins should miss the playoffs this year. There's no there's no reason, there's no excuse. We have Jari back. We're playing tonight. We're up one zero, so. I just think we're horrible. We're horrible. The Penguins right now are horrible defensively. That can be shored up with a couple moves. That is that. I don't think these GMs are are willing to make right now. But it can be shored up with a couple moves at the deadline. I want to see moves. Haven't seen any moves. I want to see Sullivan switching up the lineups. We saw him switch up the lineup. Um, I think. A couple days ago against New Jersey, but we ultimately lost that game 5-2 to New Jersey. But I don't know. We're just so fucking dog shit defensively. It's really annoying. Um, Mm -hmm. But with Malkin 
we've made this decision to ride it out with Sullivan, Mulk, and Latang and Crosby. So if we don't make the playoffs this season, one of those guys has to go, and it's going to be Sullivan. I I beg of Sullivan to be fired if we don't make the playoffs this season. And I guess as far as the second one goes, when I was looking at it, it was the Capitals were still in the mix. Um, but I think I wouldn't be surprised with the recent Bo Horvat move. Um, I just saw that Barzal's out long-term, so maybe not anymore. But I think the Islanders will probably snatch up the second spot, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's taken by either the Capitals or the Panthers. Mm -hmm. I think that – I think that Pittsburgh should get one of the two spots. Mm -hmm. I don't really see any excuse for Pittsburgh not to. Yeah. I don't see any reason why it shouldn't happen. Mm -hmm. But but then again – you never know. Mm. Um, as far as the other spot, I I just think at this point it's Washington's. I think that Washington has the talent to do it. I think once they get Ovechkin back, they'll start – the goals will come back to them. They'll start scoring more. I think that will help them a lot. I I don't really see Florida making it. I mean, they definitely could, but I just think that not. I just think that the Kachuk Huberto trade really hasn't worked out for them. Mm-hmm. And then the Islanders, I with especially you mentioned Barzal being out long term. I don't really think that Bo Horvat was the right move, even though they signed him long term. Mm-hmm. I think that. It was way too big a number to sign him at eight and a half. Yeah. I I just think Pittsburgh and Washington yeah. stay in. The old guard of the Metropolitan Division makes it in. Yeah, I mean I just think that there's there's no way I think it would I think it would take one of the utmost, most brutal collapses that we've ever seen from any sort of sports franchise for the Penguins to miss the playoffs this season because it's just at this point, the Penguins are going to probably snag the first or second one by default. We, we're we in the first spot right now. Uh, we got Jari back, so that hopefully should be a much-needed boost of energy. And we also have, if I'm not mistaken, a couple of broadcasts ago, they said we have four games in hand. So we have four games in hand. So there's no way that we should be missing the playoffs. Uh, something catastrophic is going to have to happen that hasn't already happened this season for us to miss the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you do. You have five games in hand over Florida, four games in hand over the Islanders, three games in hand over Washington at this point. Yeah. So from that standpoint, it should be pretty smooth sailing. Not smooth sailing, but you shouldn't have many issues. Yeah, I wouldn't say smooth sailing, but it's just we're just lucky to be like – as dog shit as we are, but to just by luck of the draw, have all these games on hand at all these teams. Mm-hmm. I, I do think once Ovechkin comes back and Washington will start performing a lot better than they have been. Yeah. But I feel like even like before, like they were kind of like on a like they were kind of like, Oh, they were kind of mid, like they've been us. They've been, they've been like us. They've been kind of mid this whole season. Mm-hmm. It's because I got an aging core just like we do. 
Yeah. All right. So the game picks, we both had pretty bad weeks. I went mm-hmm. two and three. You went one and four. Let's go. I, I remember how I talked about it. I don't know why I put St. Louis in here twice for both games. They're dog shit now. Yeah, they won both games that I had in here. Yeah. Just uh, as Saint- a little. No, you. Just as a little surprise, I put a St. Louis game in just to see how we did this time. But yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of St. Louis, um, after the uh, the um, the Penguins game versus St. Louis is on, it's going to be nationally televised. I don't remember which channel it's on, but they're doing promotions. So. Yeah, they're doing promotions for it, and it was like. Crosby was the one player, and then Ryan O'Reilly was the other player. I was like, Ryan O'Reilly has been traded to the Maple Leafs it's no longer. <laughs> like, I don't know how they're going to market that game anymore. Like, it's like Vladimir Tarasenko versus Crosby. Nope, not anymore. O'Reilly versus Crosby. <laughs> nope, not anymore. Jordan Biddington versus Crosby. Uh, God, that's how they're going to market it. Jordan Biddington's an asshole. Watch him be an asshole. Like, okay. So the first game we have is the Toronto Maple Leafs heading to Buffalo. And this game kind of seems like the sort of last chance for Buffalo to get back in if they could beat Toronto and really start something. It's two important points for them. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's definitely... It's definitely... I feel like this this game can definitely be closer than it should be. And I feel like it's definitely winnable for Buffalo since the Maple Leafs have struggled to find their footing as of late. You know, they lost to Chicago on Sunday. Um, but I don't I, – I, I, it's Toronto. I still think they get it done in Buffalo, even though Buffalo is – it's a winnable game for Buffalo. Yeah, I definitely think it's a winnable game for Buffalo. I just think the talent on the Toronto Maple Leafs is too much. I see Toronto kind of dominating this game in a market where Toronto has historically had good attendance, even on the road. Mm-hmm. We had a tough last week, so I put in an easy one, the Chicago Blackhawks heading to Dallas. Yeah, um, with Taze now out um, long-term, because he's dealing with the long-term effects of COVID, uh, the Blackhawks tank goes now from phase one to complete turbo mode okay we got we got turbo mode tank for the blackhawks so for that reason i i have to take dallas yeah i i was i probably would have taken dallas anyway but especially with jonathan taze out and patrick patrick king could be traded by wednesday who knows um so i'm taking dallas i definitely think they're a better team on Thursday in the Western Conference, the Calgary Flames currently sit two points out of the playoffs. They travel to Vegas, Vegas leading the Pacific Division just by a point. Yeah, I mean, Vegas, Vegas. I just I looked at their schedule while I was doing this. Um, they've won their last three, including a 7-2 thwacking of the Ducks and then a 2-1 win against the Sharks, a 5-4 win over the pretty good uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. And I just think Calgary's just been kind of middling all season. So I think I'll have to take Vegas because they're on the warpath. Yeah. I I just think this game's more important for Calgary than it is for Vegas. I think Calgary will definitely be looking to make something up. And although Calgary, another team, I don't really think the Huberto Kachuk trade worked out for either side in this. Yeah, no, not really. Yeah. Calgary's been poor, even with Huberto and Mackenzie Weger. 
I I'm gonna take I'm gonna go on a bit of a flyer and take Calgary because I just think this game's more important for them than it is for Vegas. However, I could definitely see Vegas just absolutely rolling through Calgary. Mm-hmm. All right. The first half of the ABC doubleheader on Saturday is the New York Rangers traveling to Washington to play the Capitals. Yeah, so the Capitals have lost to the Sharks four to one. They lost to the Hurricanes three to two. They lost to the Panthers six to three. Then lost to the Hurricanes again four to one. So you know we're just kind of on a bit of a skid. Um, I don't know when Ovi is going to be back, um, but the Rangers have also uh, been playing pretty well. Unlike the Capitals, they lost to the Flames on Saturday. They're losing to the Jets right now as we record this, but. I just think with all the moves that the Rangers made, they, they kind of have to make that. They have to assert their dominance, kind of. So I'll take the Rangers in this one. Yeah, I think the Rangers are definitely the better team, especially if Ovechkin's not back. And I can't re- reliably say at this point that Ovechkin will be. Mm. I think that bringing in Tarasenko and putting him on the wing with Sabanajad and then Panarin on that first line as well has worked really well for the Rangers. I think this sort of little mini skid for the Rangers is something that they can work out on their own. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to take New York to win this one over Washington. And the second half of the doubleheader, 3.30, Jordan Bennington and the St. Louis Blues will face tr- – that's how they can market it. They could say guaranteed goalie fight, Jordan Bennington against Fr- Tristan Jari. Yeah, unless they stop it like they did um, against Phoenix Copley and whoever the Ducks goaltender is now. I kind of forget his name. Yeah, and then the Ducks tweeted that Phoenix Copley doesn't want the smoke. Yeah, he said he didn't want the smoke in the video. He clearly did want the smoke. Like, I'm just like, come on, bro. Yeah, and then the Kings replied. He clearly did. And then the Kings replied, Phoenix Copley has more wins than your whole team does. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so – um. With no bias whatsoever, 100% no bias, I'm going to take the Penguins in this one. Because there's just no way we should lose this one. See, there's no way you should lose this one, and that's why I think St. Louis might win this one. Mm. But, I mean, when at this point Jordan Cairo is your team's top scorer, I don't really see it. But then again, Pittsburgh is – so sort of porous defensively that anything can happen. I'm still going to – yeah, I'm still going to take Pittsburgh. I think Pittsburgh's more likely to win, but I, I want to take St. Louis. But I can't get myself to do it. Yeah, well, guys, that will end uh, the 11th episode, unless, Jack, you have something you want to say. Um, I don't have anything else to say. All right, guys, that ends uh, the 11th episode. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next time.